0: So welcome to another episode of the Coffee and Combos podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Mopia, and I am sitting here with Andrew Galvan, who is an incredible human being I get to call my friend. And um, I've been wanting to have a Coffee and Combos with him for a little bit over a year now. Um, he is... <laughs> you're just like staring to the distance.
1: I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm just listening. It be, you know what it is? It's because, like, I've... I'm trying think the last time someone had to like describe me or say like who I am or what I am or what I do. Maybe it's like in third grade, like someone maybe oh, had to like really? say, Andrew's my friend and he's good at oh, basketball. Okay. And, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So.
0: Well, not only are you good at basketball, well, I don't know because I haven't played basketball with you. And I probably won't ever do that because I don't play that. But um, Andrew is a talent manager. He owns his own art label called As We Arrive. And he manages artists like Kari, Ledge Kale, Olublis, just to name a few. And yeah, and I am thankful to have him here at Communal Coffee enjoying a vanilla latte. Mm-hmm. And how do you like it?
1: It's good. <laughs> it, it is. Like, I, my palate has opened up so much Like in the past, I don't know, it was like eight years from when I, when I moved to New York. Because uh, before that, it's like, you know, I'm at home, mom's chefing it up for me. But now it's like okay, I'm out. You're I'm out in New York City having to cook for myself all the time, or you end up going to restaurants for like business meetings. And You're like okay, I can't really get too picky because they're because <laughs> pa- they're because they're paying for it. <laughs> um, but no, nah, like I and I was saying like I drink more coffee because of you. Oh, I it, you it, it, it's thing. true. Um, I think it's just like it's funny because growing up, my mom drank a lot of coffee. And she was, she would always say the reason why I'm short is because I drink so much coffee. Oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, what? So I didn't, I didn't ever drink coffee when I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, the most coffee I've ever drank has been in this past like two years.
0: Oh wow!
1: Yeah. So. I think I remember
0: you shared your favorite coffee shop in New York is actually like a steak spot or something. Is that right?
1: A steak spot? Did I say
0: that? I don't know. Like a place where you get really good food and then you're like, oh, I ordered their coffee there because it's really good. <laughs> I have no idea. This could be a total lie. But I just remember you it's, saying it's that. It's was the truth now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you, know, you know what? Uh, my favorite. No, you know, you're semi right about okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite coffee came from this restaurant called Peter's since 1969. It there the, you go. It was a restaurant that served home cooked meals, um, so you're thinking like you know rotisserie chicken, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes and gravy, just like that style of food. Mm-hmm. And I realized that they had they only served coffee during brunch, which was only on the weekends. So I just although I'm here with Saturday, I have the brunch, had the coffee, best coffee in the world, and I just have it straight, just black. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would drink coffee like that. So, that was... I don't know. Sometimes you just stumble across great things, and that was definitely one of them. Because I remember that moment. You know? It wasn't like... I don't remember nothing about coffee. No, I remember it. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again for joining me today. Of course. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself, and I guess the audience a little bit more, Mm. about who you are and what you do.
1: The... I guess we'll start with like the short version Mm -hmm. and then I'll expand on everything. Um, I just know that, I just know that my life is not about me. It's always gonna be about other people. It's always doing something or wanting to give something to someone else but just my personality Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and maybe I've grown into that like over the past like I don't know 10 plus years no it's been probably more than that because I remember like moments as to like when I changed and like just things like that yeah but yeah that's important to me that's if I had to like not talk about anything else in in the world about myself it's like my my purpose in life is just to give and that it's not just about me that's the short version okay (laughs) Alright, this interview's over right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that is it. Yeah, no, it's just very important to me. Um, A lot of it is just like how I was raised. I'm really close to my mom, really close to my sister, close to all my family. So, yeah, like I just know I am who I am because of my upbringing. And then, of course, you add life on top of that, and then you get me, or you get you. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's really that. Um, Yeah. That's important to me. I lead with that all the time. Everything else on top of that is like a bonus. Mm-hmm. I do manage artists. As, that is, that takes up all my life. Yeah, It takes up every single moment, every thought that I could possibly have. And it may be due to the fact that I manage a little over a handful, and they all have different needs that is something that i'm aware about and of course because they're also across the country Mm -hmm. so when someone is in asia and i'm like they're awake and i'm like asleep it's like no you better be awake too just in case something comes up like those things happen you know those things i've I've dealt with stuff like that It's, it's common but yeah i just uh i just know that uh there's a lot of demand for that, like my attention is is in demand for that. At um, all times. Yeah, no, I I manage artists, I have an art label for some friends called As We Arrive. It it really just started out to put out vinyl records. I didn't even think I was gonna manage artists, but it eventually led to that. So (laughs) that was, it was unexpected, but I'm happy the way it turned out. So yeah, the, the focus is still to put out records. We have some releases coming up this year that I'm really excited about, but um, yeah, that's awesome. that's the gist of it, I guess. That's the gist, awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: how did you get there? Tell us your story.
1: Mm, <laughs> the, the, the good old story. When I was a young boy, <laughs> um, I've always loved music all my life. I remember my first music... Musical memory I guess you can say My mom would take me With her to the record store And So that was a thing But I remember On TV It had to have been like MTV Or something at the time But I remember Tracy Chapman Fast Cars came on That's like the first song That I can remember And I still love that song To this day There's an artist That I work with Now because she reminds me Of those moments But that was the first thing that was, I don't know what it was My mom always said That my reaction was The song would come on And I would just kind of Stop whatever I was doing So there was you know To have a reaction Towards something like that
2: Yeah
1: like the, it, it makes sense there has, mm-hmm. you know, It didn't happen for no reason um, That was the earliest music memory I listened to a lot of music Throughout my life Mom would always buy me records Anytime I heard anything That I liked She would go and buy it for me and when I was 12, 13, caught the rock and roll bug, and I was like, I got to play instruments. This is like something I want to do. I, I, I want to be on stage, I want to be in a, in a rock band, and this is like, <laughs> this is my life, and it's a rap. Did that for a while, I was in bands, that was really fun. But then I found myself managing the band that I was in. Oh. Not with like, say I'm the, I'm the man, oh yeah, I play guitar, but I also manage this. It was just, I was the one that was doing all the business related stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How are we getting paid? How are we getting to the show? How are we doing? How are we just progressing? Yeah. So, yeah, I found myself in those role that role. And enjoying it. Like, that that was something that I realized. Like At times I would tell myself, I think I love the business side more than the music sometimes. Really? Yeah, and some, that might, like, scare some people, mm-hmm. but it was always, like, the art of a deal. Like, two people having to agree or disagree on things mm-hmm. to get to, like, the bigger picture of something. Right. That's what always intrigued me about that. I think even just deals in general, like, even watching somebody, like, haggle for, like, a uh, a car you know like yeah. I, well, I, lo- I love going at it like that like that shit is like really fun to me um doing the band stuff Stop playing well that just kind of like faded away I wasn't like oh one day I'm just gonna stop it just I started to like work with other bands that I was doing shows with and I ended up putting out records for punk bands in San Diego that was hella fun <laughs> and I was the manager at the same time I didn't know what the hell I was doing, mm-hmm. but I just kept trying to figure it out and ask questions and learn about things as I went, whether it was like reading someone's biography or listening to other podcasts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that I always had just like a, an urge to learn about stuff like that. So that was just important to me that I... It was important to me that I learned about it because I was also in a city that didn't really have... Too much of that stuff. Like we're not in LA or New York, right. so there's no major label. There's tons of studios for sure, but even at that time, like me having an interest in that stuff, I was still too young. Or I didn't, I couldn't like intern because I wasn't receiving college credit because I did horrible in school. Because my focus was so much on music that you know, like it, it just, it just didn't work out for me in that sense. Yeah. So I had to teach myself. Um, yeah, and I, and say like around that time when I stopped putting out. I stopped putting out records here in San Diego. I found myself wanting to work for other labels. Really? I was like, how am I gonna work for Warner? How am I gonna okay. work? Again, like, like being a kid who's young, like seeing like these these giants, it's like, well, why why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. So I had to find a way. Found this agency that was based in New York. And they're like, yo, you can you can promote stuff for Comedy Central, Warner Capital, just name dropping all these 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 labels. Like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. What do I gotta do? Signed up online through like their online forum, which eventually was me being a brand ambassador slash street team like mm-hmm. member. So at the time when like putting up posters and handing out flyers, that shows like I was that kid. <laughs> yeah, like I was I was that kid hundred percent. But I remember when I got hired to just be like the local rep in San Diego, I told myself, in one year, I'm gonna get a job with this company and I'm gonna go to New York. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, I I really don't know. I mean, there has to be a reason as to why I said that, but it just like, those words just naturally just came out of my mouth. Like, I I remember telling myself that. And it it happens, It, it definitely happens. I just remember one day, they're like, yo. We have someone's leaving, a position's opening up, we want to give you the option to take this. And I took it.
0: That's so cool. Yeah.
1: That's maybe like halfway through the story. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So um, the reason why I got there was because there were other brand ambassadors in San Diego mm-hmm. and the way it worked is if a job came up and they're like job listings that you wanted to work, you would request it and then you would get approved and you would work it so if there was like other maybe another like five to ten reps cool that, that's, that's cool but i'm taking all the jobs like i love nothing for nobody with intention you know like i knew what i was gonna do i had a goal mm-hmm. and i was gonna outwork everybody so yeah like I, that was important that i did that i wanted to see like if i did this like what was gonna happen mm-hmm. and yeah my, my my hard work didn't go unrecognized. i got a job i got my job went to new york I was engaged at the time and I still left yeah like Whoa, that yeah what? like and then it's important that I say that because it meant so much to me that like you I had to figure out like what I was gonna do with my life at that right. time
0: how old were you at the time
1: 21 20 hey. I was 21 yeah 20 no I I think I just turned 22
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah because yeah I was 22 yeah, because I, I remember I remember that year very well. But I was 22, just turned 22, a couple of months before my birthday, I had gotten engaged, and I had gotten I had gotten I got engaged, and then I had gotten the job offer at the same like pretty much in the same time. Oh wow! Yeah, so I was like, okay, like I have to figure out like what's gonna happen here. Um, but I knew when I got the job offer to go to New York, I was going.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It just. That was uh that was like the, the natural instinct of how I was meant to feel. And even kinda just jump into this a little bit, but you know, I went furniture shopping with my mom today and she's just, like just going through couches and the first thing she found that she liked, she's like I like it, and she sat in it and we talked about it the whole day. Like there was no urge to resist it. And right. that's how I felt about New York. Like I was like, I gotta go. There's just, You just know
0: there's I a just New New York knew it, yeah, yeah, I just
1: knew it. So yeah, went to New York, was at this company for about three years. The relationship that I was in didn't work out, is what it is, but yeah, that first job taught me a lot. Really taught me a lot. Taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot just like how to be a man and just like stand on two feet, but yeah, it was a... Uh, I was like oh shit welcome to the big leagues like you are here like i wasn't local anymore like i was in new york city mm-hmm. and i just remember going like finally going to like a major label office it's like everything i had dreamed of Gosh, right so like crazy. just having that feeling like yeah. I, hadn't, I had no idea what the hell was going on really like i had no i didn't have that perspective yet i didn't have that experience so when it finally got to that point I tried really hard to not be like starry-eyed. I was very aware of that because I was like... Oh. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I was just very cautious about it. Again, that's also my personality about things. So I, I was excited, hell excited. You know, fresh, fresh to New York. And yeah, it, it was just a good experience to have, you know, because I, I had a really good crew that was there, it was very small, it was a small, smaller agency you know okay. so there's probably maybe like 20 people that were employed there um and yeah everything me going into that situation was cool because they yeah it, it was small enough where i didn't feel like i was getting lost even though i got lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah um
2: so yeah i was at that company and
1: i got fired i got oh yeah i got fired i got fired Um,
0: Because of something you did? Or because they just didn't have room for you anymore? You know what?
1: I have my perspective on it, and I think Mm -hmm. they have theirs. And my perspective is that it was a combination of different things. Mm -hmm. It was a combination of probably didn't do some things I was supposed to do. It was a combination of me feeling like my peers didn't support me. Me getting thrown under the bus, right? Um it was a perspective thing right mm-hmm. and that was the that was the time when that happened that i realized like when you go into a company and they say yo we're a family here no we're not uh. we're not a family because when it was time for I don't know, from my perspective was of what what a family was to like saying that we're a family. Like it just didn't feel like that, right? Right. So I was like, no, no, we're not a family. Like I, that's, that was like the biggest lesson that I learned. Going from different, from going to different companies, Mm -hmm. working at different companies in New York, or just in general, um, it's, yeah, the, the, it's not personal, it's just business. Yeah. So every time I hear like, "Oh, it's a family thing," I don't. Like, that shit goes right around my head, and I don't even like. You do take
0: that to heart. Basically. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. take that
1: to heart. I don't. I don't. I don't think about it. So, yeah, that was a really rough time in my life because I moved to New York. Hopes and dreams got shattered.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And how long have you been in New York at that time?
1: Three. Three, three years. Yeah.
0: Like, did you even have an inkling to come back home, where were you just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna make it work."
1: Um, my my perspective of, like, me, the perspective that I was giving out was that I was going to come back home, Mm -hmm. but after, like, the first week of just laying in my bed, being hella depressed, and, like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck am I going to do, I was like, I can't go. I I can't leave. Like, I still just kind of got here. Right. If I would have left, I don't know, we would have known, right? But... I remember being at that company and being like, "Man, I really wish we could do more of this, or we could be, we could do more of things like this company." And I was like, "Wait, why don't I just go to those companies and try to work there?" So eventually, what happened was that time it was probably like maybe like a year and some maybe like a year and some change between like proper jobs that I was like hella broke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was hella broke. I didn't know how soon my next like situation was gonna get solidified. I don't. I didn't know how long it take for me to get that next job. Um, but during that time, I did work for Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, which is like a really cool experience. And the the reason why I even like drop like that name is because it was really important to me. Like they. Mm-hmm. They held me down with wanting something that was like, you know what, you're still meant to be here. You, you We know you can do more. That's all. Like, what? That's what I felt like New York was treating me like. Like they didn't want. To, New York didn't want to let me go. And the people of Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival made me feel like that. So I was like, okay, I'm here. Uh, it's only for like a, a season. You know, I didn't. I wasn't in office for like a you know a year or anything. It was probably like maybe like three plus. Maybe, maybe five months, mm-hmm. right? But I was still kind of working for free for them, you know? I would, anything, if I ever wanted to make money with them, I had to, I had to like, sell something. I had to sell um, anything from, like, vendor spaces to um, advertisements, and I would make a commission off that. Not to put their business out there, or I guess I don't really care, but, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like that's, that's just, like, how the structure was at the time. Right. But I was running all the marketing for them for the whole festival. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it was, it was like, it, it. I felt so broke and I was like, fuck, like I need to find a way to survive and do this. But at the same time, I was like, it's not about the money. I need to be here right now. And whatever it is that I gotta do to be here is what I'm gonna do. So yeah, no, that was a really cool experience. That was also like my first proper introduction to doing something that was like strictly hip hop. The last company I was at, it was strictly like indie rock oh wow yeah it was cool because i was like a transition of like me being in bands being in punk bands hardcore bands that stuff and then going into a company that was like strictly like indie rock or, like college Great. radio music and that's a backtrack a little bit but like there was some hip-hop that came through i think during that time like i had i had worked like a Flowrider album i worked like Wiz khalifa's like second oh a wow major album. yeah there was a couple of things but i had some like really good good highlights there um, but going from you know indie, going from being in bands to working in an agency that was still bands and then me was like okay I want to do more hip hop and then going into like Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival mm-hmm. was like the most hip hop thing I could do <laughs> and then it was like really the most hip hop thing I could be a part of when that year they had booked Jay Electronica who was like just notorious for just doing whatever he wanted to as an artist but being signed to Rock Nation to Jay's label so he had, like, this moment where, like, okay, Jay Electronic is going to headline. Is Jay-Z going to come out? That was, like, the thing that, you know, they were trying to make happen. And mm-hmm. he did. Wow. He fucking came out. And Why are you gonna lie? I, I just remember day of, walkie-talkie, you know, at the in-ear, mm-hmm. and just hearing them over the radar going, he's fucking here. <laughs> oh. yes. he's here and I was running around doing production that day um everything from making sure like our guest list was straight and like that team didn't have any issues to making sure like our our sound guys didn't you know didn't have any issues like I would just kind of like like the maybe like a you could say like a general manager position at that point. And there was multiple of us that kinda of held that position. Mm-hmm. But when that came when that shit came over the radio, I was like, Oh, they're like everybody to to the backstage. And it was wild because at that time, like and still to this day, like Jay as Jay Z has been my favorite rapper. So to mm-hmm. see him in the flesh and not be like I'm at a concert and I see you but to see him in the flesh and then to be like, Oh, like I'm a part of this wow it was there was that moment where i was like okay i'm about to die (laughs) i'm about to fucking die you know like i had you know what it is i had to have that moment for myself it was like really important because there was a time when i think it was just kind of instilled that you don't working in music you're not supposed to get, like, you're not supposed to fan out. And, you, just, you know, they're just people. And I still hold that to this day. Mm-hmm. But I was like, there's one. It's that. Like, he was the one. It's just me, meant so moment. much to me. So yeah. I had that moment. But, yeah, that was, like, a summer they will never forget. And it was really dope. It was really dope to have that. Keep in mind, I'm still hella broke. I'm still trying to figure out, like, okay, Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival is about to end. <laughs> Where do I go? Yeah. And the Man, even some of this stuff actually just, like, crosses over. But, okay, this is, like, where we go back a little bit. When I was at my first job in New York, we had gone to South by Southwest. And I was running, now I'm on the other side, right? I'm running the street team, so I have, like, 50 to 60 brand ambassadors Mm -hmm. who are from Texas. And if you've ever been to South by Southwest... Kids and teams are fighting for space to promote their showcases, their music, everything in real time. And it's funny because like the city of, of Austin, they wrap all their electrical boxes, poles, and saran wrap. And then all the companies that come in, they're just flying and postering. And it's funny because that shit happens in real time. So when you're like w- going around the block, putting up your posters, cool, cool, doing your thing, by the time you come back around, another team had followed you and covered your shit up.
2: Whoa. Yeah, and that shit
1: happens the whole what two two weeks that it's that it happens down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nonstop. But, but this is like where my life really changed. And me and my boss are walking around and we see these kids who were from the Fader team putting up posters for their their showcases and any clients that they had at the time. So my boss, me and my boss, we see them and we just say, I just we make the, the quick, the quick gesture, like, hey, you guys are doing a good job. They really were. They were killing. Like they were the competition. This kid looks up to me and he goes, groovy, and goes back down and keeps putting up his posters. Walk away. That was it, right? That was mm-hmm. South by Southwest. So then, keep in mind, now we're kind of getting back on track. Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival happened, this and that as the festival is like getting close to like being over maybe like a couple maybe like a month and a half before it's up, before it happens i get it no that's not even right that's that's almost like south by is in march a year had passed and some change a year later the following march is like kind of when i got hired for Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, right? Mm-hmm. I I get invited to go to this party by my friend, random friend of mine. She's like, "Yo, there's a party. It's on, it's on your block. You should come hang out." Cool, I'll go. I'm broke. I'm really depressed, and I don't have no job, so I should probably just get out. And it'd be nice to see you. You go to this party. It's the fucking kid. No way. It's the it's it's the kid. It's it was his party. It was on the other side of my block and it was Kari. It was the first, one of the first, like, (laughs) one of the first artists that I started to work with and one of my best friends that's crazy. Yeah, right? Just knowing like where we met in Texas and then our quick interaction there. I was like, oh shit. But I remember that night at the party, I was like, where do I know this kid from? Started thinking about it and I was like, i was like i remember you we met in texas like really briefly and he, we looked at you like oh shit you guys had a moment we had that oh moment
2: oh gosh that night that's like crazy. you know
1: everyone went the fuck home and that was it and then like maybe like a couple days later i go i go to this pizza shop that's like cross street from my apartment and i'm going to get my you know my my little chicken roll and all that and Kari's in there and no <laughs> and way. he orders the same thing and I was like, yo, I was at your party. He was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I keep in mind, I'm by myself sitting at this like this boot like this booth table. And then Kari is like awkwardly like sits down at the <laughs> table as well. And we just started chopping it up. And then from there so like cool. we realized, like, okay. We had met, we'd hung out. Let's just start hanging out more and we were friends and that was it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That was a very important time in my life. Because that that is like one of the times where I felt like oh shit the stars in the universe have really lined yes. for something uh-huh. and I still tell that story to this day because I still, on, still one of my great friends I work with him like it, it's an important story you know but yeah I remember that happening because so much time had gone on between like when I said hi to him to when I actually saw him again and it's like out of all the, all the people in the world mm-hmm. like why him Why him? Yeah. And it just worked out. But I'm hanging out with Kari and his crew. He'd been introducing me to his friends and that. And that was like the start of me actually finding my crew in New York. Because other than that, I was always just hanging out with coworkers. And I had a good friend there at the time. But when you first move to a city and you get a job and all that, your first friends, if you don't have friends there already, are usually like... The people that you hang out with, your coworkers, and this and that, but it was uh, it, it was cool because I I finally started to develop my own crew, who didn't have anything to do like work related, like we didn't have to just hang out just because we worked together. Mm-hmm. And that stuff's fine too, but I was like, yo, do we start to think do we really have anything in common other than work and maybe some of the music that's put in front of our face? Right i don't know i guess not really right nah, <laughs> i'd say the same about poor workers too so. <laughs> right <them>.
0: no,
2: just <laughs> no. Nah, i'm just fine <laughs> no no i'm just fine no it just
1: everything was just like important right yeah but started hanging out with car you started hanging out with like this new crew everyone was like just hella dope and we just clicked it was like a personality thing right we got along we understood why we got along and that was it it was simple now back on track Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival ends and I'm like what am I going to do Kari was interning at Fader obviously and he's like yo and I told him my situation, he's like what are you trying to do I was like I was like, honestly I've always wanted to work at Fader that was a company that I was talking about at my first job like why don't we do more shit like them mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. so
1: Kari's the one that, that got me my job at Fader He like, he pushed for me Put, he, put, he pushed my resume in the right direction. And then I became good friends with the people that I was working with. And everyone just, like, looked out for me at that time. That was, like, God God was like, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sent me people that I needed, that I needed in my life, and it just worked out. When I was working at, when I started working at Fader, I was working on, on some, like, freelance shit. I was more so, like, a proper brand ambassador. And we would do things like pop-up shops and, I don't know, just some real, like, Expert, exper- experimental type shit which is like really cool um, yeah it, it, was, it was dope to do like the freelance stuff but I was still waiting for that like I got a seat in the office and I got a job that didn't happen for like 13 months I, from when I interviewed oh wow yeah you're probably thinking like why did I wait so long mm-hmm. but it was something I wanted and I was still applying for other jobs at the time but nothing had landed. I remember there was a time when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm about to apply for like this burger joint, and I remember oh I was in, I was in it. I had got pa- actually two times that happened. I was supposed to work at Uniqlo in New York. Oh shit! I got all, they probably sold me a check for like the one day that I worked. <laughs> I'm gonna collect that soon. Yeah. But I was supposed to work there. I was like training, did all that, and then I was like, this is not what I want to do, so I bounced. Same thing with the burger joint. In training, I tested out all the food, did all that oh stuff, gosh. and I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna hate this so much yeah. if I if I really do it." So I never went. I never went to like my my first like proper shift. Yeah. Two weeks, maybe like two about two weeks after that, I got the call. Like, "Yo, let's do it." I got my job at Fader. Wow. Finally made it happen. Something I wanted for like a long time, and I was there for about about three I'll say about like three yeah a little over three years Mm
2: -hmm.
1: during that time we would always go back to South By it was important for Fader to go back to to Texas and this is where I met most of my friends that I have now Mm -hmm. the cool thing about those jobs and having and having like these freelancing gigs and then going to Texas is what Fader did is they had brand ambassador program across the country. Their best reps, they put up in a hotel for the week and a half in Texas. Oh, wow. So I got to get... I got to be hella close with people from across the country in a very short period of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, was, it was really dope because we were kind of forced to kind of like work. We were forced, forced to work together. Right. You know, that was just like the nature of the job. But the first time I went with Fader... I had met my business partner colin
2: no way who runs
1: half of as we arrive with me and owns half half. and yeah i just remember colin colin was always hella smart um and yeah i I just met so many good people even like not to jump around but the, the guy that recently shot kari's artwork for his album i met him in texas the first time around he was a photographer still is a photographer you know everything is so connected mm-hmm. but the coolest thing about that is I have, I have i i'm i'm happy to say that i have friends pretty much everywhere around the world because of some of the connections and jobs that i've had through the companies that i've worked for genuine shit you know
2: yeah
1: not just oh we have to work together we all work together because we wanted to you know we and eventually, like when people would come, to town, come into town, coming to New York, yo, oh, can I stay at your place? Yeah, of course. Like you were cool. We got drunk together one time, and you didn't <laughs> bug me, you know. <laughs> no, but it was really just like <clears throat> like that. So yeah, I was at Fader, and I remember there was this time when I was like, yo, I want to get back to putting out records, but it's different. It's a different time now. Mm-hmm. It's twenty fourteen. And when I first, when the last time I was putting out records, it was 2008. Jeez. Right? 2007, 2007. Like
0: six, seven years?
1: Yeah, so time, you know, time had changed, music had changed, the way music was getting released and all that. And I remember I was like, I want to do this thing. I don't know where I'm going to start it again, but I don't want it to just be me. I don't want me to be like, all right, I have... I only have one perspective. I was like, I wonder what Collins is up to. I remember hitting up Colin. I was like, yo, come hang out after work. I found, I found, uh, some music that I really like and I want to put out vinyl. Let's just keep it simple like that. Cool. He came, he came through. We hung out. Keep in mind, I had, I had ran, ran into Colin throughout, <clears throat> throughout, uh, you know, the past couple of years because he was living in New York at the time mm-hmm. too. Um, but yeah, we had talked about some music that I liked and I was like, yeah, I wanna put out this record on vinyl. I was like, I would love for you to be a part of it. And we decided to figure out the structure of what we wanted to do. And we put out that record. We put out the first record on vinyl. That was the first re- uh, vinyl on as we arrived. Something that I'm really proud of just because like I said I wanted to do it and we did it. Um, we chose to go in the direction of vinyl because everyone everyone was and still is doing stuff very digitally now it's like okay mm-hmm. everything's on iTunes and this and that that's cool just a lot of people that do it really well and not to say that we don't or we're not going to but it was just important that I could give you something and you can hold it and you could read the notes mm-hmm. and you could you know, you could smell the newness of the cover the cover as you, you know, break the seal. It's a whole experience. It is. It is a whole experience. And I think it's also just a generation of, like, where I came from. of just putting out CDs, right?
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, we did that. And then putting out that record for that artist, it just, the conversations that I was having with them at that time him and and you know his friend at the time it just, next thing i know they start asking me for more advice more input the next thing i know they're like okay we want you to manage and i was i was totally with it i'd done it before in the past mm-hmm. but it was a different time now so it's like let's see where we could just take this so we did it and keep in mind i was helped car was rapping Kari was rapping at the time. He was doing his thing. I'd been there for countless, like, video shoots and studio sessions and things like that. But this artist that I put out the vinyl for was, like, the first time I was, like, I'm your manager. Or, like, officially, like, I'm your manager and we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, like, took on Kari. And, um, yeah, we just kept kept working on stuff. And also, I, I have to correct myself. The first artist that I managed was actually Olu. Oh. Yeah, it's just, I think things were just... Kind of blurred. No, we were just good friends, and... He's a whole other story, because he was like the first, <laughs> like, yeah, no real <laughs> shit. like He was like the first friend that I met through my first job. And everyone always told me, yo, this kid Olu, he's so dope, he's so cool, you should meet him. And I was like, word. And then one time we met him at a company party, he was. He was exactly everything that people said he was. Yeah. Olu was the first artist that I started managing. It's just, I think, at that time, things were just, things were moving, weren't moving as fast as, I don't know if, like, the way I thought they would be or if they were Mm -hmm. for him. It just the pace wasn't there yet. And over time, like, things started to move faster and faster and faster and faster. But, yeah, Olu was the first one. Um, And then, you know, put out that record, started managing that artist, and then Kari, and then everything else, like, follows into that. But yeah, that was the start of As We Arrive, which is the art label that me and my friend Colin own, and we have some other friends that help out on that as well. Um, and I was doing the management and putting out vinyl as I was still working at Fader.
2: Wow. That's yeah. Impressive.
1: It was a lot, but I just had to do it. Like, yeah. I, I was already in it, like, there was no turning back. Over time, I was like, okay when is it going to be the right time to make the jump and do this like full-time okay, thank you. well the time came when they like let go of our whole department yeah i was thinking about leaving and then at the same time they're like okay we're gonna let go of the whole department wow it was just a uh they just downsized that's that's what it really was mm-hmm. and i was like okay oh shit!" like this is the time like there's, there's I don't go look for another job now. This is my job that I've been Cause waiting. Cause you created it. Yeah, like there. I created it. It was, it was finally there. It fell into place for you. That's and the, cool. the thing about it was, it, you know, I think us as people, we spend a lot of time. When is it going to be the right time to make the leap to do the things that we say we're going to do? And the truth is, it's never going to be the right time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, here's where we go. This is it. And I remember like they, they let us go. And I immediately called Car, I was like, yo, it's a wrap. They let us go. I'm in it all the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I called him right when I got when you I had got that the meeting. News? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's when everything kicks in like full time. And ever since then I've been doing as we ride management stuff since then, which I don't know what year we're in now or what year that was but like right now
0: right now it's just, yeah <laughs> it's probably been like
1: two two going on three two years three mm-hmm. years, maybe getting close to two and a half years that yeah. is so
0: cool that is quite the story yeah and
1: there's still like so much more i can expand to yeah. like as we arrive stuff but like that is that's it like that's that's, that's what happened in my life mm-hmm. you know and there's a lot of other things that i could talk about but yeah Uh, no that's perfect i love that
0: and i mean like you're such a great storyteller for the fact like i i pictured everything happening from you in texas putting all these posters up on the (laughs) poles to you going to new york and like having your food and kari just like sitting next to you and stuff um i'm curious where does the name as we arrive come from
1: as we arrive um, I was a really good friend, his name is Matt Ibarra. He was a big influence in my life. And when I was hanging out with him, keep in mind I was like two years younger than him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I, I think I met him when I was like 17. And so he was 19.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just, I don't know, we just clicked, we hung out. And he was just a big influence. I, I, he was playing me this really obscure music we would we would, we would do just all kinds of like random stuff and it was different for me it wasn't like what i was doing normally in my life not that it was not that it was not that it was anything out of the ordinary but it was just different you know i would sit in his room with a couple of his girlfriend and like one of his best friends and we just listen to music or watch like these really like weird movies that made me feel uncomfortable not those kind of movies, but you know what I am <laughs> <laughs> but just like movies that had a different perspective you right. know? and he played he he played me this album called Runbox Weathers, which is from this producer who's who's based in Switzerland mm-hmm. and that project came out came out in 2003 we were listening it's like we were listening to it in like 2007 or 2006 and the last track on that album is called as we arrive and it was a dope song i still listen to it this day but i was like i really like this name i really like how it's said in the song it's not even like a song with vocals on it i mean there is small vocals on it that just chant as we arrive as we arrive as we arrive Mm -hmm. and i was like this is just really tight so I've had As We Ride for a very long time, since like 2007. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do something with this. And then when I finally found use for it, it just all kind of made sense.
2: Yeah.
1: As We Ride to me is about the journey and the beginning moments and how those things are important to me. Because I just don't know where things are going to go. And it just, I don't know, There's something like triumphant about it, and like that's that's why I love it so much. But yeah, I had I had <laughs> 2007. I was I wasn't like oh we're gonna do this thing and right. this and that.
0: It was just an idea that stuck with you mm-hmm. and resonated it was, with you. It was, yeah. It was like this. It was later. this
1: feeling that I just like really wanted to keep around. That's really cool. <clears throat> yeah, but that right there, that that song and that album like changed the way that I listen to music. I was I just yeah it just blew my mind and mm-hmm. I was like, well, what is really going on here? And the funny thing about it is now like the music that's coming out that we listen to like I, it's like everything that I was waiting for for it to catch up to what I was listening to back in like 2000 you know 2005 2006 that, the, the dim light the as we arrive stuff. Wow. so I think that's why I'm just happy right now in like the space of music mm-hmm. but yeah, I just had it in there it just it, it stuck around. I've had multiple names for things that I just keep. Yeah. And or even just, like, sayings or quotes. But that one was one that just stuck around.
0: Well, you're no longer in New York. You're here in San Diego. Yeah. What are your plans now that you're, like why did you choose to leave New York? The, the big hub that people, like, those are people's goals in life, you yeah. know, to, I remember when I first met you, you said that you're not considered a New York resident until Played you live there for 10 years yeah. and you haven't, you didn't I mean, do that, No, right? I,
1: did, I did eight. Technically, I still live in New York because I just resigned my lease, mm-hmm. but I've been away from my family for such, like, a long time and uh, the most important relationship that I have with a human being is my mother. Mm-hmm. She just went through a lot in the past couple of years, even before I left to New York. And then every time I come back for the holidays, just quick trips, yeah. it's like oh shit, I missed out on so much. And it was just something that I was like, okay, like going, moving away, moving to New York, or anywhere you may go, you, you. You run the risk of like, oh, something bad can happen and I may not be there for that. Uh, And so I I had to decide if that's something I wanted to do. And I did because I left. But yeah, over time, I just realized I, I was away for a while and I wasn't coming back as often as I needed to. That combined with I started working with more artists that were based on the West Coast. Mm hmm. So you put all that together, and you're like, okay, I really do want to be closer to my mom. She needs me. My sister as well. Um, and then it's not fair for me to just be in New York and not go say hi to everyone else that I work with. So I was like, yo, I have to do, I have to, I have to split my time. I have to really split my time up. So I, for the past, like, say about, seems like two years, maybe a year and a half now, I would do. I do half the year in New York and mm-hmm. half the year in Cali. There are times when I still dip back, even for like quick trips. Yeah. But it's important that I'm here now. Yeah. I just know that I have to be close to my mother. Everything else, on top of that, again, is a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Plan as to what's happening. Um, I think we're gonna move to LA. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm ba- I've been back in San Diego since mm-hmm. November, um, 2017. And I haven't been back to New York since,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I think the move is to move to L.A. I'm trying to do that in like two months. And the crew has been out in New York for probably just as long, or at least getting there. And we all feel that we've kind of done the most that we can in New York, and New York's always going to be there. But I think it's time for us to go and get a different perspective. Uh. hmm that's gonna be yeah. one of my, that will always be my favorite thing in life are like perspectives there's so much of them that I just, I'll <laughs> never know yeah. I don't know if I'm right I don't know if I'm wrong I just know there's a lot of perspectives out there and I just want to kind of know about them yeah. that's
0: actually a very valuable trait to have because not a lot of people are open to other perspectives you know I mean like think about it there are some there are very few people who live here in san diego and haven't moved mm-hmm. or you know are very comfortable where they're at and yeah. they just stay here and don't do anything that's true you know so yeah. that's
1: i don't know it was uh i think just everything that life presented to me was just an opportunity whether mm-hmm. it was good or whether it was bad it was an opportunity and say like, how do you want to deal with, how do you want to deal with it uh, yeah, I did I just I do everything that I think I'm supposed to do. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, you know? But I feel good. I don't I don't have any I don't have any, like regrets in my life, so
0: good. You shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At all. You have a huge roster
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you are managing a handful of artists, right? How yeah. many is that? There's Ninth Sage, there's Kari. There's Cheryl, yep. Olu, Abjo, Abjo, and then Ledge, right? Yeah. That's what six. A six.
1: People? Yeah, we have another one that we're working with as well. That's exciting. Yeah. Um,
0: How do you find your talent, and what makes you want to represent them?
1: Finding them is one thing because some of those people were my friends, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, you're really talented, <laughs> right? And so like, it kind of like I'm I'm very lucky that it worked out that way. But for the ones that weren't my friends, I had to make sure that they understand that I, I was approaching them with good intentions. Mm. Because if not, it wouldn't, nothing's going to work out. I, I really need them to like trust me, to know what my intentions are. Everything else after that will, will flow into what it needs to be, or it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, And then asked like how I kind of choose for the like the ones that I weren't friends with and how do I decide if I want to work with them? Yeah. It's pretty simple. <laughs> I wish I was Kari and I wish I would have written the song A Year in Space. I wish I was Cheryl and I wish I would have written the song Knock on Wood. I wish I was Olu and I wish I would have written Dive In.
0: Oh, that's such a good song.
1: That's that's the feeling. That's where it has to start. If I can't tell myself that instantly about s- some song or something about them, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the song, right? Because think about like Sage. Sage doesn't make music yet, you know. A lot of a lot of what drew me to him was his energy as yeah, like a person. Absolutely. And then the good things that everyone had to say about him. And. That was actually a situation where he reached out to me. Mm. And I was like, yeah, let's let's do this. Like I from what I know about you, it like it makes sense for my life.
2: hmm
1: And yeah, it, it just I, I wanna be able to say that I I wish I wish I could be you and I wish I could have done this thing because I, I admire it so much. If I can't tell myself that, it's not gonna happen. Because when I'm able to tell myself that all my thoughts all my energy and attention I'm in it like I'm on I'm on such a high that I can't be stopped yeah so it ha- it's, it's simple as that it's okay. I just have to really want to do it yeah but I know like that's, that's where it starts mm-hmm. I wish I was this artist and I wish I would've written this song um, so uh, yeah and I have to keep it simple like that because if it's not then I'm like I'm trying to find a reason as to why Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, I don't really want to do this. So, yeah. Is this where we take a music break? All
2: right. I don't know. <laughs> this is like where you
1: play like one of Cheryl's songs.
0: Dude, she keeps popping up on my playlist, and I'm like, Ty, like, that's cool. I was yeah. like, this voice sounds familiar, and I look at it, and it's true. Yeah,
1: and I was no. like, oh. You ever been very fortunate to land in like three play, three like major playlists in like three weeks? And in music right now, like playlists are everything. Yeah. Because they generate so much revenue, so many spins and revenue for the artists. That's cool. Yeah, radio, um, playlists is like the new radio for artists. Because if you think about it, right, maybe like in this most simplest version, a playlist, a certain playlist gets played maybe in a certain store and they might just leave that playlist on every day for a week. It's just going and going. But think how many stores are that use Spotify or right. Apple
0: very true.
1: as like their way of broadcasting music, you mm-hmm. know, throughout the store. So, yeah, we've been very fortunate to do that or to have that happen to us. But I give a lot of credit to like our distributor, because um, they're the ones that have the relationships with those guys, and they're really good at what they do. But yeah, it's it's important, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's not an easy thing to achieve. At least it feels like it.
0: I mean, I wouldn't think so. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's huge. That's awesome. And yeah. I mean, you just released Captain. Okay. You mm-hmm. and Kari just released Captain in the last few weeks. Yeah what was one of the biggest challenges or what is the biggest challenge of like, planning and releasing this mm. album and like what's the process like for that?
1: I think, again, we try to keep the releases pretty simple. The, the challenges are wanting your art to come out in the way that you envision it to and sometimes that happens and sometimes that doesn't. And... It's like when it doesn't, like then what do you do, right?
0: Yeah, what do you do?
1: <laughs> I don't know no, <laughs> Truthfully Like No um, You just gotta look at it And be like What are For me I like to look at things In In like, the, like What are the positives And what are the things That we can work better on mm-hmm. It has to start there Because if you kinda Even identify that stuff Then You're really gonna, you're gonna For me it like, seems like If you don't identify that stuff You start to like nitpick And to figure out reasons why Maybe your thing Is a success Or isn't a success uh-huh. I think it needs to be it needs to be very specific, mm-hmm. but the other thing too is like pers- the the perspective that Kari has as the artist who's putting out his art, his music, his voice, versus like my perspective of like, or I respect the art a hundred percent, but I have a couple more years on him and a different experience, so. I have a different kind of attachment to the music than the way he does. Right. There is where you're probably going to find some of the challenges between an artist and maybe even a manager or, in, or in, even just the friends that are helping out with music. Mm-hmm. It, 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 could, it could connect, sometimes it, just, it doesn't connect, sometimes it's not supposed to connect, you know? Like, uh, yeah, it, it, it could just go either way. but. When it comes down to it, I like to I like to look at, oh, what are the positives? Like, what are some things that we achieved? And where do we want to go from here? Because work to get the record out, the record's out, then there's, like, the post-life, right? Mm-hmm. It's not over yet. Like, we're it's still going. Like, it's it, still, like, pretty fresh. I mean, it's very fresh. And I think for me, I don't want to... I don't want to move on so quickly you know there's still so much that we're gonna do so many things that we want to do and you know even for someone like kari that record that that album has been done since last december and it came out in april at the same time kari's almost done with his next project that probably won't come out till like the end of the year even though it's like almost done so yeah, the challenges are different, right? Because you think about Kari, how he puts out music compared to Olu. Even the way they make music is different. Like right. Kari can sit in a room, get a beat from a producer, record himself. Olu likes to have live, intr- live instrumentation in his records, and he doesn't play everything, so he has to outsource, you know, the other stuff that's needed for the, for that music the drums the guitar whatever other instruments he wants to incorporate he has to find that direct it and then the music still you know has to go through that process of being created so it's just different it's it's a perspective thing again mm-hmm. but i think when it comes down to it i just want them to be happy with like the day that the, that the record comes out like i did it you know like yeah. I'm also not one for like pre-celebrations, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I also don't want to forget about the feeling of being excited and being happy about the work that you do. Because I see it happen a lot. You look at other artists talk about stuff in interviews, like, "so whatever, school is out. Like, shit, man, like.
0: You work so hard on it, yeah.
2: Like, you know.
1: And I get it, they probably move on, a, they do move on a lot faster. They move on a lot faster than like you know how the public does how the public sees things because mm-hmm. they've had that album that song for months comes out the public just got it a couple days ago so it's like on to the next thing but yeah it's just it's different for everybody but i like to really just identify the good and the bad from there you can make it, you can take your you can take all that and make the assessment mm-hmm. see what things you want to do differently the next time or even how you can just figure that stuff out as it's happening and just adjust and steer, like, the ship in a different direction. Yeah. sense. Makes
0: sense. Mm-hmm. And what we're we going to talk about pre-celebration.
1: Oh, yeah. The pre-celebration thing is... It's... It's just about working hard and, and not really kind of jumping the gun on a lot of things. You know, start to like work on things, get excited, and then next thing you know, you're out like drinking and hanging out at the bar with your friends. Not to say you shouldn't do that, but it's like, yo, we're still not done and we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I just want to make sure we do the work. That's it. It, it, it's as simple as that. I just know how much focus has to go into things. Especially when we say to ourselves or even to people about what we want to do, Mm -hmm. when people start looking at you like, did you do, say you're gonna do? I'm guilty of that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm, I've, I've been on that side where people are like, yo, son, like you didn't, you didn't give me the thing you said you're gonna. I was like, yeah, you're right, I didn't, and like, my bad, (laughs) my bad, but damn, like, yeah, having that feeling of like letting someone down,
2: it's like Mm. I shouldn't have been
1: doing that. Right. I should have really put more time into focusing on what I was supposed to do and I should have just took care of business no pre-celebrations it's important celebrate when it's time Like you, you'll know when the time is right mm-hmm. but yeah just because the thing about it is you don't get any, you don't get any of the time back it's a wrap Like I don't get to go back tomorrow and do something differently that time has passed right. so i'm just very aware of like how we utilize the time yeah at least try to be
0: just like your watch right there is no time on his watch no
1: but ian still gets <laughs> me every time
0: does he oh my gosh it's so funny i don't want to
1: admit it but like there's like my eyes start looking at me before my head does as to like trying to check check the time but yeah, he gets me uh you can have that one all right my mom got me the other day too
0: you know this is recorded right he's gonna just replay that i know over
1: and over again just like chop it and just like loop it for like i don't know like 24 hours and then put it on youtube and just give him like a private unlisted link yeah that would be the move for sure no you can have that one i'm I can, again, I you admit it. My, my biggest thing is like, I want to be able to admit when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. If I can do that, I think we'll be okay. It's totally fine with me.
0: I love it. Well, before we wrap up, what is a piece of advice that you give to someone that wants to be in the music industry and just the creative industry in general? I mean, you talk a lot about it already—perspective yeah. and everything like that.
1: No, no, no. But,
0: but I don't know if you want Iman's advice. No,
1: no. I, I, I got, I got this one. He's okay. gonna have his time, but you I, don't want his advice. No, I do. But <laughs> uh, for me, it's—you I, I, have to trust like your instincts all the way through. I think. If you do that, you'll steer yourself in the right direction. And even within that statement, there's, there's so many other things apply. Mm-hmm. And you got to do things with good intention. And you just got to be transparent with people.
0: 100%, yeah.
1: My goal, not to say that people hate me, but I'm going to make it really hard for you to hate me. Like, I'm going to kill you with kindness every time. And when it comes down to it, people are going to say... Yo, he was, he was hella cool. Yo, I'm hella dope. I know it. <laughs> With the intention of knowing that I'm good to people. Yeah. That's it. Just be, just be good to people. How about that? Love that. That's, it, it's the easiest thing to do. And if you just take that extra second to think about how you react to things, you'll be straight.
2: Wow.
0: Really yeah. cool. I do want to ask you, because I want to start asking people this. <laughs> is, <laughs> if you could have coffee with anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would it be?
1: I would, oh, man. See, like, you asked me this question, and I, I have a I joke. I remember we asked
0: you this last year, and I don't even remember what you said. I had, see,
1: like, I had a... I was going to rip off a joke from this comedian, <laughs> which is, like, really messed up, but... <laughs> The joke is, and this is from Anthony Jeselnik, his girlfriend asked him at the time, if you, could, if you could have, I think, dinner or watch a movie with anyone dead or alive. Again, his girlfriend is asking him this, uh-huh. and he goes, you, dead. <laughs> 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 right?
0: Whenever I do die, like, I feel like I'd have some pretty dope conversations.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um... They said dead or alive mm-hmm. Anybody it, It's just gonna be able To Have coffee with my mom That's the thing I know I'm gonna I Want to do Every day and even after The time has passed So Mama Drew yeah,
0: Mama
1: Yeah, Mama do.
0: Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me and having Coffee and combos.
1: Uh, yes, shout you. Out Camille, shout out, Iman. Seriously. Out, shout out, Coffee combos Shout out for seventy-five <laughs> plus episodes or write-ups or however you want to call it. I did my research. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh I appreciate that. Of Thank course. you. Um, you could definitely follow Andrew. He doesn't post a lot, and he doesn't follow anybody else because he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, um, <laughs> this is very true. Yeah,
0: you can just give him a follow, at Andrew M. Galvin, mm-hmm. or As We Arrive, and keep up with what he's doing. Ooh, and also, like, what can we expect from you in the future with you and As We Arrive and
1: all of that? When is this g- gonna come out?
0: Hopefully, sometime at the end of the
2: month.
1: All right, I, I don't even care. Um, then not, I don't care about when it's gonna come out, but I don't care about what I'm about to say because some things are like time sensitive and things I can say or not say. Um, Captain Vinyl is important to us. That'll be like the next release.
0: That's going
1: to be dope. Hello Vinyl in general. Vinyl. Yeah, no, like that's something I want to make sure we put a a real big focus on this year. We took some time off at one point, but more releases from our crew, more records. I'm going to be on the road a lot more doing things that I love with the crew. But, you know, it's funny, I I just want to do more things that actually don't have anything to do with music. Yeah, like regular, regular shit.
0: Wholesome things like picnics?
1: Picnics, yeah, we could do a picnic. Yeah, we could do that like once a month. That'd be cool. That's um, yeah, I don't, it, there's always going to be a lot of the things I'm doing already, but I think I'm, whatever it is we're not, that we don't know we're going to do, that's what I want to do.
2: Fuck
0: with it. Yep. Awesome. That's about it. Well, thank you. Again, give him a follow. Andrew, Calvin, I'm
1: going to follow you as back, you arrive. but I'm not sliding your DMs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah